0: Oh, oh,
1: friends and old to the cool room, episode 84. It's the friends in your ears that talk about beers. Uh, Thankfully, due to Melbourne's lockdown situation, no one's been able to get to me to stop me saying that. So I'm gonna keep saying it for the moment. I can see the way Travis cringes when I do so, which makes it all sweeter. Um, It's obviously with mixed feelings that we welcome a big crowd into the Zoom room tonight because Melbourne is once again back in lockdown. Uh, so, we obviously wish we weren't in lockdown, but it's fantastic to see big numbers of people rolling into the Zoom room tonight. So, welcome everyone, returning friends and new friends who are joining us in the Zoom room. Uh, it's fantastic to see you all, and we're in for a big happy night. If you're joining us on the podcast version, which we're recording now, uh, we hope that it is equally enjoyable for you. I uh, really want to thank everyone who's worked with us, obviously the guys from Bonehead that we'll come to in a minute or two, but for all of our listeners who have uh, managed to get out and about and uh, help us deliver beer and do all of that kind of good stuff, Uh, This week at short notice, it's been an amazing effort to move so many packs of beer out for so many people across Melbourne. So a big thank you to all of you. We've got three more fun events that we've bunged on for COVID lockdown times uh, that are currently available through our Facebook events page. And they all have tasting packs available through our Shopify page. So on Sunday afternoon, uh, Melbourne time at two o'clock, we're going to be tasting the brand new Gypsy Hill beers. Uh, They're brewers from London. We had them on the podcast a few weeks ago and there's four new beers from them. So grab that tasting pack and join us on Sunday afternoon for a relaxed Sunday afternoon. Next Thursday night, which will be the 10th of June in Melbourne, we're going to have Nomad on the podcast. We've had them on before. They've got two brand new brewers in there who've just taken over. And I'm really looking forward to hearing their takes on uh, the styles of beers that they're inheriting and what they're starting to do for themselves in their own right. And then on Thursday, the 24th of uh, June, we're going to be joined by Slow Lane uh, at the recommendation of Crofty and a few other people from New South Wales. Uh, it really helps us and helps the guys from Slow Lane if you can order those packs early. Because the logistics of moving beer down from Botany uh, into Melbourne and then around Melbourne, particularly during times of lockdown, is a bit tricky. So if you're looking for something to do tonight uh, while we're chatting away, jump on the Shopify and order those. And then we can do our our, uh, logistics trains. The delivery gnomes can go out and do their things. And life is much easier for everyone. Um, We've got four fantastic beers to talk about tonight with the guys uh, and girls from Bonehead. Um, We're going to be tasting the Sweet Pea Dark Lager, the Dad's Porter, the Ember Spice Ale and the Nonfiction Salted Chocolate Oatmeal Stout. Uh, So make sure you've got them ready to go. Uh, We're not suggesting that you try to drink them uh, in terms of entire cans uh, at the speed that we're going to be talking about them. So if you're in the Zoom room live with us tonight, make yourself a little tasting paddle or share them with those nearest and dearest to you. Uh, Or if you're listening on the podcast version... Feel free to pause after each of the beers. We'll make it pretty clear when we're moving from one beer to another. Uh, That way you can savour the beers, uh, particularly with the kinds of beers we're drinking tonight. They're going to open up and taste quite different from when you grab them out of the fridge to when you're uh, tasting them when they're a little bit warmer. Uh, So we really encourage you to enjoy them responsibly rather than trying to drink them at the speed that we'll be talking about them. Uh, And look, finally, if you're not already following us on social media, please do so. Uh, It makes a big difference to our capacity to get great uh, people on I think we're about four or five likes away from 500 likes on Facebook which is pretty amazing and particularly when we're dealing with overseas brewers uh, that makes a big difference to our capacity to get them on uh, and make sure that you fire the guys from Bonehead on their social media uh, it's a really high quality social media uh, entertaining as well as informative and um, we really hope that you are part of all of that um Travis Bristos and Clint Weaver, they're two co-hosts who I believe are currently in the room with us. Clint doing a very special uh, joining us in our Melbourne lockdown. Uh, He's no longer got his own show on the Friday night, I believe. But Clint, you're going to be here with us tonight asking all the tough questions. Is that right, mate?
2: Any excuse for a beer, I think.
1: That's, uh, That's the spirit, mate. And Travis Bristos, I'm going to hand over to you, mate, so that you can run a show with four co-hosts and eight guests. Um, and I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the sweet pea dark lager while you try and make this ship run on a straight line.
3: I feel like I need a hat. Um, welcome, guys. This is massive. Obviously, Melbourne, we're back in lockdown. We've got 49 people in the Zoom room. Um, a lot of them uh, dress very, very, very formally um we are going to kick this off guys but ba- welcome back to bonehead um now you guys were on some time ago uh in fact if memory serves me correct and i'm waiting for david to give me a nod here you were <laughs> our first virtual meet the brewer or second virtual meet the brewer. pretty close to the start either way i
1: think joel was... from venom might have been the first ah
3: you there know. you go um, second let's go a second which is still pretty good yeah so welcome back guys um Anthony, we're going to kick this off with you. David's written some interesting questions here. Hmm. I'm supposed to tell everyone a secret about you.
1: No, 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 no. I was going to get the other Travis. I I thought Anthony and Travis
3: could introduce each other. Well, this is interesting, David, because you see, there's two Travises in the room tonight. We've both got surnames. You could have put a letter next to someone's name here.
1: I could have done a lot of things, mate. I really could have done a lot of things.
3: Um, Anthony, you're looking pretty, uh, pretty shifty there. So um, I'm really, really interested to know what Travis, Travis's secret is about you. Over to you, Trav.
4: Well, my secret is about Anth. Yep. Um, well, I, I mean, look, I don't know if there's an intro that needs to happen. I think most people on here would, would have come across Anthony at some point, at some point or another, Um Is the other half, other half of Bonehead Brewing in terms of the owners? Um, We've been It's it's a hard one, guys. We don't really have secrets, uh, and and we've been best mates since high school, so we don't share secrets, even if
1: we do have them. Um, But do you have any secrets that you two know that the rest of the world doesn't know? Is really what I'm encouraging you to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think it's
4: more like a. I don't know, like a, a, an interesting bit of information or a little-known little fact, which is the guy is absolutely, whilst a whilst legend and great fun when you get where you're going, is absolutely horrible to travel with. If um, <laughs> you ever get a chance to get on an aeroplane and you enjoy sleeping on the aeroplane, don't ever get on an aeroplane with Anthony Donato. He will spend the entire time sitting next to you, poking you in the ribs, uh, putting your chair up when you're asleep, just generally wanting you to be awake um, I love you mate But next time you're sitting in another row All very
5: true All very <laughs> yeah. true No lies there
3: Well now that he's throwing you under the bus Anthony mm-hmm. Can you return the favour and uh, Give us some secrets about Travis And it, uh, it shouldn't be based on the tie That he's wearing at the moment
5: yeah. How long have we got? Uh, <laughs> Two hours um, Okay little-known fact about Travis. Uh, most people that have met him know that he's rather tall and I'm rather short. Uh, tall boy and moose actually stole their thunder. We were going to call it that, but uh, they were around <laughs> before us. Um, so, Trav's about 6'5", Trav, about that? Yeah, about. Yeah, about that. Yeah, about, but a little-known fact is Trav's not actually 6'5". Underneath that big uh, jacket he's wearing, there's two small people <laughs> standing on top of each other's shoulders. <laughs> No, but the the uh, okay the uh, the truth is yes he does like to sleep a lot. We once went to Sydney for um, the Indie Beer Awards, the first year we were open, and we were, our flight got delayed, and I was freaking out like I do in airports. And Trav grabbed an empty water bottle, put it behind his head, and nodded off within about thirty seconds. So he's quite the sleeper.
1: I feel like we've got two different versions of the same story. I know, yeah. It's Mm -hmm. a very, very insightful sort of little moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Nothing nothing too exciting.
3: (gasps) We have quite a few of the Bonehead team in the room tonight. Um, We'd love to get an introduction from each of you. Um, We're going to get you to pair off, but I reckon given we've got so many people in the room, we should just make it a free for all. Yeah. just like see what comes of it. Um, so in saying that, how about we, uh, we move along uh, to Andy and Cyan. Can you two introduce each other for us?
6: Yeah. So Kian um, is actually uh, sick today. So he uh, took the whole day off and made me drive down the all the way to Rye to do his deliveries. <laughs> um, uh, he's, a, he's a lovely bloke, a, an, another giant among men, I think 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, um, I want to say ginger. He started work Very with ginger. a giant ginger moustache um, and deep into his sort of Irish background and, and heritage. So um, many a day, Kian walks into the brewery with a hurling stick under his arm, Um, and knocking over cans and and plenty of other things around the brewery um, and cops a lot of it from a lot of us because we have no clue what the hell hurling is and I don't know if anybody else in this room does
4: I think it's like Quidditch
6: yeah that's as far as we've got it's some sort of (laughs) magical (laughs) um, (laughs) experience
4: it's like the only thing you don't say to anyone that plays hurling because apparently it's a really hard like
7: hard game
3: Oh, I feel like we're gonna to have to Google this. This is uh <laughs> <laughs> quite interesting.
8: Hold
7: on, surely people have heard of Hurling. Oh, oh it's in, in the room. room. <laughs> when
8: did like, he
7: arrive? It's like a cross between hockey, lacrosse, and wrestling.
9: Yeah, I agree with that.
7: <laughs>
3: Professional <laughs> wrestling or sounds like it's right up out. No, our
7: alley. no, like amateur mm. amateur back alley um barefisted wrestling.
4: It sounds like like where they send, like, the American hockey teams or the North American hockey teams to go and train how to knock people
7: out. Yeah. That's early. Yeah.
3: I'm going to steer this ship and get us back on track away from the weird sports. Um, Andy, let's just continue with you for a sec. What's your role at Bonehead, mate?
6: Yeah, so I'm the other sales rep. So Ken looks after the south and the east, and I look after the north and the west sides of the local... um, Kensington area included um and I also do the social media so thanks for the shout out on how informative it is it's uh it's kind of like yeah my knowledge of hurling and my knowledge of social media management is is on par (laughs) who do you want to pass the uh speaking stick to mate why don't you throw to another
1: bonehead and we can we can rattle
7: through yes
6: I'll throw to Joanna and everyone else is pretty nicely paired up so they could introduce each other if you want to go on with that.
3: Over to you, Joanna. Hey, how's it going? Um, I
0: am the taproom manager at Bonehead Brewery. Um, I live five minutes from the brewery, so it's a very good job for me. (laughs) Um, I also um, do a little bit of work on the road, helping out Andy and Kian with deliveries. So for anyone that's runs a venue, I've probably been in frantically to run in and say, hey. Um, I also do functions and events um, and some beer festivals for the brewery. So all the fun bits. <laughs> if anyone has ever had to book a table or have anything to do with the tap room, you've probably spoken to me or heard me talk way too much about every single beer on tap. <laughs> um, yeah, and I particularly... It- Probably the most important thing. I'm absolutely <laughs> definitely Ant's favourite employee. Uh, let's just not forget that.
5: No <laughs> argument <there. Yeah>. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, Is my camera on or you can see my face? Yeah, no, we can still see yeah. you.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, I know you love it. Um, and I'm going to pass over to definitely our favourite bartender in the tap room as well, Freya.
10: Oh, okay. Yep, that's me. Um, so I'm a assistant brewer slash brew hand. Nobody really knows which title we're going with. So, you know, I like to give both. Um, I also do a couple of shifts in the tap room and you'll probably recognize the sentence, uh, I'll ask my manager, Joanna, if, <laughs> if somebody ever has any questions about events or beer festivals. <laughs> um, but yeah, I started at Bonehead uh, early this year, really. And also live close by. I don't know if that's a criteria for why people get hired, but, you know, we're all pretty local. And, yeah. And I think that I'm not Anne's favourite employee, but, you know, I'm definitely (laughs) Joanna's, so it's all about proximity to (laughs) favourites. And I'll pass it over to Carl. Uh,
9: Yeah, hey, guys. Uh, I'm Carl. I worked at Bonehead for a bit over a year and a half now. Started off actually in the tap house. Um, pretty similar to Freya, actually, um, and helped out um, the previous brewer, um, Steve Duffy, who may or may not be listening right now. Um, and uh, learned a lot from him. And moving forward from there, um, he stepped away from uh, brewing to become a stay-at-home dad, the legend. And um, they got uh, the next, I guess, person, Casey, to come in. Um, he's a bit of a rock star with a very... Um, knowledgeable background he owns his own uh, brewery and he's very good at what he does and i'm learning a lot from both of them still got a lot to learn and more or less i'm just like, like brewing beers and just um just drinking a couple on the side and uh enjoying it casey over to you mate
11: hi i'm casey um yeah been with been with bonehead since december one of the brewers here um yeah, pretty pretty fresh on the scene. Um, yeah, trying to trying to brew the best beer we can. I'm um, I'm definitely known to uh, drink one or two Mums Pilsner. Um, I think I've got a bit of a bit of a liking to it. Uh, but yeah.
3: Well, guys, uh, welcome. That was actually a really good way to do things because I don't think we've ever actually had this many people uh, all sort of talking at once. Um, I'm not sure what time. Warren Wu appeared. He just did his normal thing where he just randomly starts talking. Um, so we'll have to get onto the Facebooks to work, work that one out. Um, who wants to give us a quick description of where the brewery is located for those listeners that weren't here last time you were on.
4: i okay, will so jump cool. up on once? Yeah. Got this. So we're at, Hi, um, we're at 86 Parsons street in Kensington. So if you know, uh, Flemington Racecourse and the Balty Bridge. Um, the lockdown
9: towers last year, more or less.
4: Yeah, there you go. Lockdown <laughs> towers last year, or you know the the place that someone got shot the year before at that venue. Um, we're just around the corner from there.
1: <laughs> it, we, we're no, going to have, have some overseas. going to have some overseas listeners on our page.
4: Go, Canada. what the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, 80, we're at eighty six Parson Street in Kensington, so it's kind of where we're in between Flemington Racecourse and the CBD, um, just kind of near North Melbourne.
1: As Kelly, who's in the room with us, just uh, put in the chat and. Uh, one of the great things about joining us in the Zoom room rather than the podcast is you can type things in the chat and we can interact about that. Uh, she said all those times that a truck hits the uh, the bridge in uh, at Newmarket and brings down the tram lines, she could have just stopped driving and sitting in traffic for two hours and just ducked around the corner to bonehead. That's exactly the kind of customer you want, isn't it? The ones who you know just come in for 10 minutes and stay for two hours. Yeah.
5: Is that, is that because
7: Joanna takes two hours to pour a poor
1: drink? Wow! <laughs> well, See, I like the fact that this is happening already, and we haven't really even introduced. We <laughs> haven't started. <laughs>
7: oh, I uh, thought it was sw- only
1: us that smack talked other people. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, no.
8: Um,
3: now that we've got a bit of history uh, to the brewery, and we've learnt where it is, uh, I'm guessing everyone's opened their their first beer, the Sweet Pea, which is the beer we spoke about on our last venture with with bonehead um so we check won't the sort archives. Of, sorry what was that
1: check the archives
3: you heard the man uh check check the archives um so we won't sort of delve too too much into that we'll we'll go down the line of we're gonna ask because we've got so many people we're gonna ask our traditional call room question um of a couple of you now obviously there's some people that aren't here so andy i'm gonna ask you this um no answer is is bad we can edit stuff out if you wish later on which we've had to do in the past um what's the most confronting strange amusing explosive thing you've ever seen in a core
6: what's well, uh um i don't know i i haven't been in the in the beer game for too long um i've only just started at bonehead six months ago and um was in advertising before that. So I didn't spend too much time in the core room, but um, my wife is actually a, a scientist uh, at one of those sort of leading research institutes in um, Melbourne. So I've been in there with her and sort of moved small liquids around and, and got to check out the core room and seen all sorts of stuff growing in there. Uh, but I, I would have to say like in my six months, working in beer and going into cool rooms all around melbourne chucking in kegs i've definitely seen more interesting things growing um in the sort of cool rooms and the bars and um, bottle shops around melbourne so it's kind of a broad more general answer but i think that that'll be that'll be the most exciting thing i've seen is just the weird experiments that everyone seems to be accidentally getting up to
3: I feel like I could also ask you what's the weirdest, strangest thing you've ever seen in advertising. But yeah. would be here for a really, really long time.
6: Yeah, it's it's, it's a dark place. I'm glad yes. to be out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, don't forget, guys. For those in the Zoom room tonight, if you've got any questions, type them away into the chat. I know there's a couple that have already uh, made their way through. Um, we will get to them as quickly as we can, or we'll get to them at the end of the night. Um. We will now hand over to to Clint, um, who is going to talk into his microphone so we can all hear him. Um, And we're going to open up the dad's porter in a minute. Uh, Before we do that, uh, obviously, most people have probably still got some of their their first beer doing the round. Um, I'm wondering which one of you guys is going to lose your tie first. Um, It's not going to be me, mate. Oh, there you go. Travis is like, no, it's not going to be him.
6: That was okay. no, Carl. I'm going to lose. It. That was me. I think Casey's already lost this one. Yeah, I didn't have one to begin
4: with. So. <laughs> yeah, I reckon I'm going to lose this jacket. It is warm. I've turned the heater down already.
1: Yeah, right. you're not in So last yeah. time you guys joined us, you were doing a fireside chat. Yeah. Brewery, but too, too hard this time around.
9: Well, social distancing, right? And, well, there's, the and there's, there's going to be eight of us this
5: time. It would have been a little bit harder. Yeah. Did yeah. we
3: not have social distancing last time, around
4: We did. Yeah. But to be fair, there's just more shit in front of the fireplace this year and we couldn't be arsed moving it. So this was easier. Echo. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that was fun last year.
1: It was. And it's worth saying that um, if you, I know I said check the archives before, but The guys from Bonehead have been on twice at least before. So last year we talked about a number of the beers, like the Sweet Pea and a few of the others. So some of the beers that are in your tasting pack this time around, you can go back and check the podcast archives to hear their stories. You can go back to hear the first interviews that we did with Bonehead out at the brewery when it was Damien and me doing the podcast, and we dropped in around breakfast time. (laughs) And, um, yeah, just go back and check that. Uh, that one out if you like. That's way back in like episode that after lunch or something. Yeah. It was uh that was we had a nice <laughs> cider for breakfast that day. Yeah. <laughs> well it looks to me like Clint is uh just about ready to have a clean glass in front of him, pour that delicious dad's porter in, and um start to take us through the discussion about that. How do you reckon mate?
2: Beautiful, can do. So this is one we're going for here. Uh, Dad's Porter, if you haven't poured it out already. Whack it in a glass. I've moved right down close to the laptop. So hopefully the sound is okay. Just to let you know, this is not like a uh, scale of the size of my head compared to Joanna. (laughs) Despite what some of you might think. Um, So I'm not too familiar with um, Bonehead Brewing. Apparently you guys are just down the road (laughs) from us. Apparently, Joanna works there as well, so I might have to um, visit soon. Works. Works. Uh, no, I'm actually there most weekends um, enjoying your beer. Uh, so, yeah, thanks, David, for having me along here uh, for this thing. And you've very helpfully written down questions. All of the um, podcasts or um, Zoom situations that I did last year were nowhere near as professional as this uh, seems to be so far. <laughs> you so hear that far. with Belly? <laughs> I'm quite nervous, actually. Um, so you, you've written the questions, which is handy. Um, feel free to ignore them. Okay. Well, question number one I uh, thought was a bit of an odd one. Uh, Where's the onesie? You're not saying who it's directed to. It just says who's your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's the wrong. Um, that's the wrong chat. Uh, <laughs> so we just want to talk about, um, uh, you know, what traditionally exemplifies a porter. Maybe one of the, uh, or either Anthony or one of the brewers uh, could talk to us through that. Um, what makes a porter different to something like a your dark lager, which we just had, or a stout? I think we can handball
9: this one off to one of the brewers. Which one of you guys want to go? it's
4: nice, Carl. Freya, come on.
9: I mean, yeah. I'm sure Casey could jump in here a little bit too, but my understanding is um, when it comes to porters and stouts, especially, I mean, dark lagers are a little bit different because it's, well, the main thing that I understand with that is the fact that um, it's a dark lager. So it's a lager. It's not, it's not an ale. So both stouts and porters are both ales. And dark what's lager the, is the obviously a lager. between
1: a lager and an ale. Sorry. It's, so we have a really broad mix of listeners from, okay. the, yep. from the super informed who uh, are okay. yep. to the people who are just kicking it off for the first time. So maybe explaining what a lager is, especially, is worthwhile.
9: No worries, David. Thank you. Um, so basically, more or less, it comes down to yeast, right? So, one's a top fermenting yeast, one's a bottom fermenting yeast, and it's just basically how they behave and the temperatures in which they ferment at. And so, usually that dictates what time of years traditionally they are made, and and how they are made. Um, so, dark anything usually basically um, uses a lot of darker malt, uh, more roasted malt um, to create that darker color. Um, with porters and stouts um that is also true but with porters it's a more of a subtle almost like more of a chocolatey kind of character to it rather than with stouts you get like a lot more coffee like a like bitter kind of more roasty kind of characters to it like casey yeah no that
11: was a good answer mate (laughs) yeah they're usually usually yeah a bit lower in alcohol we actually um they're, they're so similar. Carl and I both had to look to up for a beer this afternoon. Um, <laughs> Sorry about
9: uh, that. No, I think no. there's the, just a lot of, like, just from, from what I understand is that there's so much contest in terms of, like, what is actually different between them. Because I know that working in, um, in breweries and, uh, in, and craft beer bars when I was in Sydney, there would be people that would swear black and blue that what they were drinking was a porter and other people would say it's a stout. And I think in general, it's this weird kind of gray area, but more or less it comes down to the malt bill and how it's, how it's actually brewed.
11: Yeah, yeah and then um, what, what we found, yeah, the porter originated in London and then the stout uh, is, is predominantly from Ireland. So I think, yeah, like Carl was saying, they're very similar. Some uh, stouts are more, you know, roasty and chocolatey. Uh, roasty and coffee, forward, sorry. And then, yeah, porters are more lower in alcohol, a bit chocolatey, a bit more rounded,
2: but quite quite similar. Um, what what uh, what inspired the addition of chocolate and vanilla in this one originally? I think we've got to throw this away, Ant.
5: Yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this was an old homebrew recipe going back probably about a decade now that uh, another mate of mine, Nick, who's probably not on this, uh, we just... Toss, toss around the idea we want to make like a chocolate milkshake only alcoholic, and I'm a bit of a sweet tooth when it comes to chocolate and vanilla, and thought we'd give it a bash. And it pretty much hasn't changed much in ten years. It's got gotten better, obviously, but um, yeah, it, it's it's we we used to do this thing. We used to um, get a scoop of vanilla ice cream in a in a cup and pour the porter over the top of it, and it's just amazing. So I recommend that to anyone who's. Uh, got some vanilla ice cream in the fridge or freezer even.
9: We're actually in the tap room right now, Joe, you can confirm yeah. this, but do we have some of that on nitro? Ooh.
0: Um, I mean, not currently as there is no open tap room, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> fair-
9: You've got me. quite uh,
0: well on. Yeah. I'll yeah. just sit back
1: down then and, and not run out the front door. <laughs>
0: yeah. um, but we have actually had Dad's Porter on Nitro in our tap room. It's something that we've recently started doing um, with some of our cooler beers. Um, now that the weather's got colder, um, to continue to have tap room exclusive Nitro pour beer um, that we have actually on a couple of occasions. Um, and we did recently for Good Beer Week have um, Ice Cream Spiders uh,
4: that we were using the porter for, and they were absolutely delicious. I've been drinking this beer with Ant for 15 years, I reckon, um, ten. ish. Ten. Ten. We're,
5: we're, we're, we're old, but we ain't that old.
4: No, it was <laughs> 10 before we opened the brewery, um, and it's it's pretty much exactly as it used to be. We see this, like, random little homebrew festival, and this was everyone's dessert beer poured over, poured over ice cream. Um, the, 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 it is still pouring in the tap room on Nitro. Obviously, it's not open at the moment. Um, we recently found out that Nitro bees don't make good spiders. Um, it didn't kind of work as well as we'd hoped. Uh, but it's it's yeah. If you got some bit of water ice cream, dunk it in there. It's pretty rad.
7: Um, just a quick question without notice. Uh, you've so this is noticeably drier than a lot of other kind of those darker styles, which are out of the market. Market, Did you ever have that temptation of sweetening it up, maybe adding oats and, and making it a bit creamier on the palate or or uh, throwing in some lactose?
9: It actually does have some lactose in it. Yeah, it's got a bunch of lactose in it. Mm. Really?
7: Yeah. Yep. Oh, All right. So, thanks. Woo, back
1: to the bench. <laughs> I'll well, see
5: it, you later.
4: <laughs> to, be, like, to be clear, and, and it's not... Um, it's not by luck that the beer kind of tastes the way it does, right? And Most of our beers taste within a certain realm of being balanced and approachable and sessionable beers. So this is not a, a limited edition per se for us. It's a, it's It was part of the core range to start with, and now it's become a winter seasonal. So first and foremost, we want anyone to be able to pick this up and go, yeah, it's a porter, and damn, it's got a bunch of chocolate and vanilla going on in there, as opposed to being like a – well, like, like non-fiction is when we get to the, the salted chocolate, you know, like it's, it's kind of pushing it as opposed to just being really good at what it does, if that makes any sense. Yeah,
3: it makes perfect sense.
7: And thank God. Thanks, Travis, for saving that question.
4: <laughs> oh, good, man.
2: <laughs> hey, uh, I'm going to put um, Carl and Casey on the spot and test their uh, research of what they did yesterday. Afternoon.
9: Good, good. I like where this is going. It was this afternoon, um, mate. So less of prep than
2: you expect. <laughs> well, it should but- be nice and fresh. Yeah. Um, a question from the audience uh, asking whether the sweet pea uh, lager that we had before is a Schwartz beer.
9: Ooh. I don't no, think I don't technically think... it is. I don't I don't think it's technically classed as a Schwartz beer, but we did release one recently. It did. What what makes what makes a Schwartz beer a then?
2: <laughs> Anything in particular? Oh, well,
11: that's a that's a good question. I think it's I think it's mostly, yeah, the the roasted the roasted malt. It's got a a lot heavier on the on the colour spectrum than a than a Munich Dunkel or a dark lager, but it's still a lager, as Carl said earlier. It's a bottom fermenting yeast. It's fermented cold, um, but just quite a bit heavier on the roasted malt. I think, you know, I've only been there, you know, six months since December, but I think sweet pea is its own little version. It's a Melbourne dark lager. It's not quite a Schwarzbier. It's not quite a Munich Donkel, it's a little bonehead spec.
5: Te- technically, it falls into both Dark Lager and Schwarzbier. We've picked up a silver for both categories. <laughs> enough.
2: So yeah, I think sometimes these um, styles of beer, you know, are the same thing, but they're just called something different across other sides of the world. So it's nice that you're putting your own spin on it. Well, um, yeah.
4: When we brought it together, Clint. We, um, sorry, we it was like the inspiration was actually part like was farch beer, um, dark lager, but also Czech dark lager. Um, was we just kind of found this little sweet spot in there, um, that kind of works so it plays
2: in any of those spaces. Um, hence, yeah, why it's picked up kind of silver in both. Cool. I'm liking your um pronunciation of schwarz as well. Uh, thank you for that. You're probably it comes right. with a tie, mate. Yeah, <laughs> a, bit of, a bit of class. Um, I've got none of that. Um, uh, so, is the the porters a seasonal? Um, do you guys have a core range at all? Yeah,
4: we've got um we had a we had a bunch of cores. The core was the core range was really broad, um, and basically anything with a character. I don't know if you guys can see the screen or not, or if you know what the views look like. But and I'm sure, it's,
1: everyone on the podcast can see the screen, mate. Too. Yeah, everyone,
4: everyone, <laughs> on the podcast. So you're right. Thank you. Um, <laughs> So yeah, we've got all our, all our character beers, which were traditionally our core beers, um, and they've pretty much gone unchanged uh, since we opened. Um, all we've really done is scaled them back uh, so that our core range is kind of a red ale, um, a Czech pilsner, so a, a hoppy bitter pilsner, um, a, a pale ale, a tropical, a, a Belgian pale ale, come tropical pale ale now, um, a, a Melbourne dark lager a New England IPA um and I think I'm missing someone there uh I think I said a red ale and American. Halfwit Halfwit's seasonal uh Halfwit's kind of a Halfwit and Prickle Pink fell off the um fell off the core range we release them in spring and summer and then Dad's Porter and you know Shinboner was another one that comes in for for winter along with Fat Dog and, um but Shimbo
2: and Fat Dog have kind of been reimagined this year a little bit. Very good. Um, I was joking before about not being familiar with your brewery. Uh, <laughs> I have been drinking your beers for a very long time. And I think um, one of the things that got my attention initially was the um, variety and sort of weird styles. You know, like two, three years ago, you guys were making things that no one else really was making. And then you weren't making the things that were trendy. Was that a um, considered decision to make uh, more obscure styles?
4: Um, I'm gonna, I'll jump in again, sorry. Yeah, it was, um, it, you know, it was probably a- another one of those bonehead decisions, to be honest. Like, I don't think it worked, <laughs> I'll be fair. Um, the idea was come out with stuff that uh, no one else is doing that, that we like doing and just do what we want to do, you know, like screw what the, mar- screw what the market's doing everyone else is making great beer and we should go and drink those. And then we'll fill the spots that people aren't doing. Um, And we've held true to that a little bit still uh, with the call. Um, But yeah, I distinctly remember people coming to the brewery going, Ooh, no core range IPA
2: risky. We're like, eh,
4: probably, but
2: this is cool. We're happy with what we've got. So. And speaking of core range IPAs, we've got a question in the audience. What do you consider your signature beer? Oh, sorry. I thought it was going to be Corey asking us whether
4: or not we're bringing Backbone on as a core range <laughs> beer. Um, sorry, Clint. I don't know if someone else want to grab this. I,
5: I think, I think, I honestly think Sweet Pea probably is our signature beer. To be, to be quite honest, um, where there's not many craft breweries that I know of in Australia doing a dark lager at, at this point in time, and certainly not as a core range beer. And we've become not well known for it, but uh, certainly it is is well liked out in the, out in the trade. That's for sure.
1: Was that the one you would have said when you were setting things up was going to be the you know the one you were going to hang your hat on, or has that sort of emerged over time?
5: Oh, I suppose it's hard to say. Um, good, good. Well,
4: yeah. Talk well, about
1: well,
4: <laughs> always confident been. that it was going to work, mate. I think. Yeah. Like, I remember putting it when we put it together. It was like there's there's no one's doing this. Um, the rest of them are kind of a bit weird and people might not want a bit of Pilsner, um, but our, yeah, Sweet Pea, I reckon, we, we always kind of thought was was going to work. It's our, it's our second most popular core HBR, the first being the bar which, you know,
2: in, in this market, how could it not be? Beautiful. Um, and now we'll, we'll move on to the uh, traditional cool room question that we always ask, hey, David?
1: That is correct, uh, mate. You're you're an old hand,
2: and I'm uh, picking uh, on Casey and Carl once again uh, with what's the most strange or amusing thing you've seen in a cool room in your time.
11: I think I think mine came about quite recently. Actually, we have a, a farmer named Tom. Forgive me, I think he's Macedonian, um, but he he get, he gave us some um, boiled eggs for Greek Easter, painted
5: red and Orthodox Easter. I, Orthodox, yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. we shit. are in
1: such fraught territory here. We could, <laughs> we've gone from nice, relaxed conversation into well, well, yep. keep going, Casey. You, in it, lost, you lost the
5: northern suburbs there. You lost all of the northern <laughs> <suburbs>. <laughs> Anyway, they're
11: uh, anyway they're red. They're red painted eggs. So I think those um, flattered out the cool room were. Uh, it's probably the strangest thing I've seen, and I did enjoy uh, quite a few
1: of them during a the brew day. If that's genuinely the strangest thing you've ever seen in a call room, you have to have had the most charmed call room life <laughs> of anyone that I think has ever been on the podcast, brother. Um, like we're used to dealing with call rooms in hospitals, call rooms in uh, meat factories. When Warren Wu was first on the call room, there was a shark in his parents' call room. Um, <laughs> I Is that really the worst you've got? I,
11: def- I definitely haven't seen that, mate. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe just uh, general, general filth. But I was trying to think of, I was trying to think of something a bit abstract. But
4: <laughs> I reckon you have got a no case to get that answer. Like he's the most laid back, chilled, nothing's gonna phase him type of cat I've come across. So I reckon he's probably seen a whole bunch of random shit in call rooms and just been like. Oh, yeah, it's a cool room, you know, like that makes sense. But red eggs, like where get red eggs, and why are they red? How are they red? Can we eat them? Are they like,
5: what is this? Where did the chook come from? <laughs> they're, paint, they're painted, Travis. Yeah, they're painted.
4: <laughs> Honestly, man, they were there for a week. I didn't know if we could eat them or not. I, like, I... No, no, I ate most of them, yeah. <laughs>
11: Anyway,
9: I'll pass. I'll pass it on to Carl. Yeah, good segue, mate. Thank you. Um, <laughs> else. So, Casey and I were actually talking about this today, and I I have to have a really solid think about it. Honestly, I I um I mean, I think I've seen a few things whilst working at Bonehead, but I've I've got a bit of a hospitality background as well. I've, I've almost probably clocked up about ten years of that. And um, Casey kind of mentioned something to me today that I I thought was very funny, and um in terms of one of the most um, like shocking, disturbing kind of things you'd see when you see a cool room, and that was a neat one um, <laughs> just because <laughs> they don't really exist. We saw and one inside, i
1: a neat one uh, isn't some sort of euphemism for like something. Is clean, it? You're saying no, it is a neat, no, clean, I, cool room.
9: No, <laughs> oh, an orderly, clean, cool room with without, anyway, you know what well, I'm saying. But exactly. it made me think and it, it reminded me when I used to work um, kind of more, I guess, when I got into the craft beer scene. Um, I was living in Sydney at the time. I used to work, um, I don't know if it still exists. It used to be a bar in Surrey Hills that, had I think about 38 taps called the Dove and Olive. And um, I was a bar supervisor there for about um, four months or so. And um, I asked a employee to go down and, and change keg because obviously one had gone. Um, 15 minutes had passed, nothing had happened. And I went down to check on them and I met them halfway back to the cool room and they were head to toe covered in beer and I had no idea what the hell happened. I walked into the cool room, and there was beer everywhere. And I do not know what the hell they did, but they (laughs) clearly don't know how to change a keg, and they were educated after that. But it was not fun cleaning up that mess, I'll tell you right now. Really? That's a
1: pretty good answer. I've got to to say that... It speaks volumes about bonehead and the standards you keep yourselves to. I mean this very genuinely, that last Friday, I think it was when we were putting out the promo pics for tonight's event, that you guys gathered together in the cool room and took a photo of yourselves in there. Normally the cool room is the one place in a venue that no one would want to put out a picture of publicly. Uh, so it is, your cool room is exceptionally clean it is exceptionally well-organized. And it's only, what is it, boys? A, a half a foot shorter than it was supposed to be? Or <laughs> something from those <laughs> sides?
4: Half. Half as big. Um,
1: <laughs> Your new employees will need to go back and listen to episode yeah. one to find out why the cool room is not as it was planned. You, know, you all don't
4: know that the door that we just broke, Anthony hand-built. Cause that is of, true. Because the one that, we bought was so small that Anth could fit through it, but I couldn't. Or um, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, half of you could. Yeah. yeah, the bottom half could walk in.
1: If you'd like to come along to any of our future episodes over the next couple of weeks while we're in lockdown, uh, please sign up on Facebook and spread the word on that. It makes a huge difference to how the message gets around. We can pay for advertising, but um, it really is one of those things that word of mouth and joining mates in these kind of environments makes a big difference and getting the word out early is enormous and if you know you want to come along to uh, Gypsy Hill on Sunday afternoon or Nomad or Slow Lane I might even have another card up my sleeve yet (laughs) for another one that I can't put out there publicly yet Uh, but if you can can, uh, buy those packs early the logistics uh, are so much easier for us because it's basically just a couple of us out driving around the suburbs and it means we don't have to go to Reservoir and Preston three times in three days if we know that everyone in those areas, for instance, um, has bought already. So jump on the online store, jump on the Facebook and
7: help us out. All right, we're back. Thanks, Clint. That was awesome. Um, I'm going to kick us off by firstly plugging our Gabs podcast because David asked me to, and I'll forget, I'll absolutely forget if I don't say it now. So go listen to our Gabs podcast, which we've just recently released. But back to the good stuff. Um, so now we're trying. Now we're doing uh, the bona fide Ember uh, spiced winter ale. Um. This is yeah. This is fascinating. Um, who wants to give us a rundown on on what we should be tasting and what's in it, and what do we yeah, what is in our faces?
4: Can we open it up to no one? So no, can we open it up so that and you guys can tell us what you're tasting?
7: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I think that's I'll, a great idea. Uh, see, see, I'm I'm not. I'm on a tear, so I'm going to continue on. It's like if you got a Pepsi. And left it out for a bit and then filter it through a cross bun, it's effectively what I get. Ooh. Like it's it, yeah, spice and rich and kind of yeah. I don't know. It's it's a different one. It's a do you yeah. not
9: do you, do, do you get any spice in particular?
7: Um probably cinnamon and clove are probably the two that that feels like are in there. Um, no, nah, I wouldn't put a. I couldn't. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's quite well bent, blended. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. So the, the, the I, yeah.
8: three
4: flavors, the three flavors that have gone into it being a, you know, are maple syrup, um, cinnamon, and vanilla. Something. Help me out here, vanilla. vanilla. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're kind of the three. So if you think, if you think back to our old core or the seasonals that come in and out, we had this, um, had this Mars and call or medicine. Oh yeah. Uh, the Marzen called fat dog. Right. Um, which was a maple medicine and we decided not to do it this year. It's a beer that always does really well in festivals, but when people, and people love it in festivals and stuff, but when we, when they see it in bottle loads and stuff, they just, they don't grab it. It's no one knows what a buddy Mars
1: and um, so we, what's a Buddy what, Marzen? Just for those who weren't joining us last year, what's a Marzen? Yes, that's probably a nicer way to put it. Um,
4: so, <laughs> so, so, so Marzen is a is is a German lager. It's a malt driven lager. Essentially, it's the it's a really broad style of beer, um, and it's it's ultimately the beer that everyone. If anyone's been to Oktoberfest in Germany, then. That's the traditional beer of Oktoberfest. We do an amber version of it um, and we, we spice it with maple, right? Um, so we do a slightly darker, malt-driven, um, yeah, amber, sweeter sort of style, uh, toffee and vanilla. Toffee and maple is kind of the two main flavours. So that was kind of the inspiration for this. Anthony and I wanted to do a winter ale for a while. We spoke to the brewers about what we thought um, we, could, we could come up with and do and, and this is kind of where we, where we landed.
7: Yeah, that's it's yeah, it's terrific. It feels really unique. And I'm I'm just wondering is is did you have an inspiration? what was your inspiration? Who was there something that you were that you were kind of trying to eye in on or was there was there kind of vague beer that you were thinking about when you were when you were doing this?
4: I'll throw an anth on this, but like yeah, there there was there was a beer I bought. I actually bought back from Granville Island um, brewery in, in, in Vancouver an, an eon ago, um, which uh, was like the only beer that made its way back to Anthony because the rest got, I don't know, drunk on layover or something.
5: Um, so, I don't know, Anthony might want to describe that beer. Yeah, well, it was absolutely nothing like this one. but so Anthony, uh... <laughs> when
1: you speak, can you just say, yes, I'm here live in the chopper? <laughs> 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 okay yeah,
5: lost words on that one um yeah absolutely nothing like the beer Travis is describing from Granville that I can remember because that was closer to our chocolate porter than, than it is to this beer but when when I think about this beer it's we we the idea if you look at the picture on on the label it's got you know nice bonfire on there it's the kind of beer I think you you'd like to drink beside a fireplace think of our uh, podcast last year David mm hmm yeah. Um, it ta- for me, it brings back memories of a uh, Sunday morning trip to the pancake parlor when I was a child because it's got that kind of vibe going on.
7: Yeah, it totally has that. That yeah, I I reckon it's got that vibe too. Um, it, so it feels like you guys, of the adjuncts that a lot of a lot of other breweries use, you guys really don't seem to be afraid of using spices in your in your beers. Is that like a conscious choice, or have you kind of just meandered that way over time uh oh
5: i will say that, that this is more of a travis thing than a me thing he's certainly been more uh, will willful to uh, put spice in a beer more than i have and on certain beers like this it's certainly certainly uh worked in my opinion anyway it's 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 honestly just something
4: i've always done i mean Anthel, we weed shit and be. I mean, a- Anthel, Anthel say that, but I distinctly remember, and we still do red
5: prickly pears. Um, Hardly a spice, Travis. <laughs> yeah, but still, orders <laughs> as-
1: You guys are so much more fun um, when you're not in the same room. Yeah, um, <laughs> And they can't oh,
7: hit each other.
5: <laughs> I know he's got a pretty long reach, Warren. Like, I reckon he could get me from here. But... It sticks. <laughs> um,
4: yeah, no, like we've always just. Yeah, I guess you know, like we have we have a core range that's kind of a little bit different to stand, you know, like a standard core. I imagine like pale ale, or xba, or or you know whatever it might be. So we um with our limiteds, we put out we're putting out limiteds so frequently that yeah, we 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 to kind of have some fun with stuff, you know, like what can we do, and we're only doing it in really small batches. So well, if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. We just we'll drink it, you know.
7: So. The, I mean, this this range is quite different to the other range. I'm looking at a few questions asking about this range. Um, and and the like going on the labeling question that we always like, uh, you guys haven't got tasting notes like you do on your other beers. Is that, yeah, what was your thought behind that? Was there any thought behind that? Did you, was it the labeling more, a little bit more, I don't know, um, mysterious on purpose? Was that the was that part of the shtick?
1: Uh, you're not going to ask the question that was written down, Warren. I was wondering whether you were no, going to probably do that not, or not.
7: No. no.
5: <laughs> yeah, I think it, I think it was a conscious effort, a conscious decision rather, to keep these a bit more slick and premium and very matte black and that kind of thing. Uh, I'm probably the wrong person to be speaking about this. I'm not the marketing genius. If you ever read the bios in the description, I'm just the other guy. Um, and- well, who,
1: who should we throw to for that then?
5: Oh, I think that the man with the yeah. t- two people standing on their shoulders might be the one to answer this one.
1: Jesus Christ!
4: Uh, look, it's not. I mean, <laughs> marketing genius, you idiot. Um, I got no <laughs> idea. We so, can throw it over to Clint. We Should we throw this over to Clint? Yeah, Clint, you, what Clint is- you answer this. Oh, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clint. How good
7: is it being uh, a good. throw over to someone? You. T-
4: um, no, nah, honestly, I remember
7: when you two delivered beer. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. Like, I, can I just, just before we get into it, like. Can I just a huge shout out to the team? Um, this is the first time I've been on a podcast where we have had n- like 98, 99% of our staff on uh, Keen, unfortunately is unwell. So thanks guys so much for doing this. And thank you so much for the legends you are and what you bring to the table for us. Cause that's, you know, that, we, we had a really stupid dream and you guys make it work. So thank and, you.
5: Um, and, an, and an extra shout out to our very first staff member who's hiding in the shadows there, Stephen Duffy. Duffy. I, I can see you there. <laughs> um, so look,
4: we, we're, with a brewery like Bonehead Brewing, it's really, really hard to be taken serious. So, uh, cause it's a stupid name um, and we're kind of a little irreverent with what we do. So, we needed a series that was a little bit serious. That was just about, you know, quality beer and um, and without all the other shit that's on the can. To be honest, Ant's not a big fan of
5: words um, on cans. <laughs> he doesn't read anything, or, or in general, I'm you a pitch- I'm a pitchers man, Travis. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I'm
4: on, on the opposite. Like if you read some of the if you read the core range, that's kind of enough is enough, right? Like there's just there's too many words on there as it is. So we we needed something that was. We have we've got two co- we've got two limited release series that we feature pretty heavily. One is smells like pop culture, where we can be stupid and daft, and it can be all about the irreverence, and you know, like a random, strange idea that just makes sense as a beer from a pop culture reference. Um, you know, like let's do a let's do a smash, a smash, and be a beer single hop, single malt beer, that type of thing. Um, and then the other side of it is just like a slightly more serious note, which is bonafide, um, which is not about the name. The names don't make any sense. I keep being told that all the time. Um, no one gets it. it but it, the images kind of denote what the flavor profile might be, but it's, it's just it's just about the beer, um, the style of beer and the quality of the beer. And that's it. You know, you guys can tell us what you think it tastes like and all that stuff's on untapped as everybody else is as it seems
5: actually i, I should i should mention that andy named this beer of course um, he wanted to call it uh, amber but with his kiwi accent we thought he said ember
8: <laughs> so we
5: decided to call it ember much better name thanks
1: andy you're welcome clint you had a bit of a point to make about branding and stuff this is one of the reasons we got you on with uh, your pocket beagles hat on you know Tell us your opinion about the branding and so forth. This is
2: official consultation hours. Should I start my timer?
8: Sure.
5: We'll take it off your tab, Clint.
8: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Clint got a tab. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I actually I really like the um, uh, what you guys did over the course of last year um, and sort of separating a few different um ranges and i said in the uh in the comments there that it's um meant to be about targeting different audiences so i guess with you guys you, like you've said your bona fide series is a bit more um experimental and you're probably you know you're targeting the um uh definitely the more craftier market and those people who are buying beers weekly different new beers um and looking out for the newer stuff as opposed to your, your core range uh, whatever but it's if you, if you guys released all the same beers, like with the um, core range uh, sort of branding that you have, you would have, you know, 40 odd beers every three months that sort of look the same and people wouldn't know which ones to go for or which, which ones belong uh, together or which ones are meant for them. Um, and so breaking up uh, all those beers into different segments makes it a bit easier for people to um, choose uh, and also helps people like buy more uh, in essence, um, and introduce people to the brand in, in different ways. People who might not like the look of your core range might look the, like the look of the bona fide stuff, um, but still, you know, recognize the logo and then be eased across into different um, skews of beer ranges as well. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a, it's a smart way to go about things.
8: Thanks,
4: Glenn. Thanks, Thanks, man. I'm actually. Yeah.
5: Thank you. That, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much what we were going for. So I'm glad it I'm glad it kind of landed. And your bar tab is now officially zero.
8: <laughs> <laughs>
7: is it as simple as that? That was easy. It is, man. Yeah. Um, that was a that was a cracking answer. So it wasn't that easy. You guys are, yeah, I love it. Um, this this leads me on to the next thing. So, Clint's just really really clearly. Kind of identified, I think what what Anthony and Travis were trying to were trying to get at. And Stu's asked a question which works ties in really well with that. Stuart in the room has asked the question. All right, so so it's more for Joanna and Freya. What's it like trying to translate what the brewers kind of say about the beer to something the customers get to understand at the beer uh, at the bar? Like what what how is it and you, do you have a process? Do you just talk shit you make it up yourselves what's yeah what's the process of getting anthony and trev's ideas and 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 kind of distilling them into what you say at the bar i
0: happy to start on this one um i know that freya gets a lot more insight in terms of like brewing process and technical things um i think we're fortunate enough to have a small enough team that with our tap room as well. Uh, Generally that just is me and Freya behind the bar with some help from other people. I think we get a lot of contact time to um, spend a lot of time speaking to Carl Casey and then Freya in the brewery as well as to like exactly what the concept of a beer is and what we want the beer to be and then the journey that it goes through and the beer that comes out at the end and then we'll all stand around and taste it. I think every it means that all of us get like this really good understanding of exactly what we're trying to make. Um, and particularly in our tap room, and I'm sure the, guys, the sales guys get this as well when they're trying to sell to trade and trying to sell the beer. It's like, you have to pick who you're speaking to and the way that you're speaking to people when you're describing a beer to someone. Mm. Um, but understanding like that technical process really helps when you are describing a beer to people and the story behind it, which is generally what every brewery goes through, but us having a small team, like going through that journey together and being able to describe a beer and how it's made is really cool when you get to tell people that on the other side of the bar. Yeah. I hope that answers the question. (laughs)
7: Yeah, I think so.
10: Yeah. Yeah, and like, I, I couldn't agree more. Like our team is so transparent and small, but we do see every single process like between all of us. But I think as well when people come into the tap room, like they're, when they can see the brewery so clearly, like in the tap room, like they see that it's a small production process, it's a small team, they can understand that by seeing the tap room itself. But I think that when they come in and speak to Joanna and I and ask us about the beers, we're also welcome to give our own opinion. So we get a lot of what's your favourite beer, you know, which one are you liking? And we're, we're definitely not ones to hesitate when we say, you know, this is the one that I like, this is what we prefer and this is why we prefer them. And a lot of that does come down to get, getting to know the process of the, how the beer was made and what's in it and understanding how it was made. And if we didn't have that understanding, then maybe we'd have different favourites, like maybe it would be more based on taste rather than like a 3D, like a three-dimensional perception of the beer. Can I
1: jump in with a question maybe there? I mean, you know, in a Zoom room and an industry that's full of people with luxurious beards, uh, neither of you guys have have beards, um, do you sometimes find there are people who walk in and particularly blokes and expect uh, to not get a educated answer about beers and you know how do you deal with those sort of customers when they walk in and you know sort of we say, bar
10: uh, them immediately.
1: <laughs> George, we're looking at you.
10: <laughs> I
1: mean
0: yeah, they're not which, welcoming which our like with,
1: you know, you you're both very informed and very educated about the beers you're talking about. Is that confronting to people and, and how do you deal with that? Because I'll give you a tip if it was me dealing with it, I'd tell people to walk out the front door. I guess you can't do that. Um no, you know what? Sorry, I'm going to jump in. They can do that if
0: anyone. Yeah, we wants,
10: do do that.
1: Then they're, Good. They're well, that was going to be. I was about to. My my, my follow up question of this was going to be. You know, how no, we do guys don't really. help you we don't really. that sort of space. So, <laughs> if that's the answer, great, Travis. Great answer, mate. Yeah, sorry just thing, guys. I just you've got you know you've got free will to do that. <laughs> that's a perfect answer. <laughs> no, no, sorry. <laughs> Anyway, apart from the fact that we're both talking over the people we're interviewing.
0: Oh, yeah, awesome. (laughs) Um, uh, I think I can speak for both myself and Freya. Um, We've both worked in hospitality for a long time, so already being put in a position um, where women in hospitality generally are treated a lot differently. Um, And then particularly in the beer industry, you know, I guess like a lot of different aspects in hospitality um, gender is quite different in each environment particularly in beer and it's becoming more well known um freya and i are both part of the pink boot society which is for women's education in beer um and we get to talk about these kinds of things a lot um, and our experiences in the industry um it's definitely still something that still happens probably every weekend someone will come in and expect that you don't, that you can't even give them a recommendation because it's assumed still that a lot of women still don't know a lot about beer. And it's it feels amazing when you get to educate someone that you suspected was mm-hmm. thinking that you didn't know anything about the beer. So it's really good, like we have this opportunity um, to be able to show that knowledge and show that it's not weird. Um, but there's also a lot of people I have actually, in the last couple of months, had someone come and ask me if I can just tell them some facts that I know that, they, that they're gonna think are interesting. And I was like, why, why am I proving myself? Like I have to prove my knowledge. <laughs> so it does happen, but generally, generally like everything, it's an opportunity for, to educate someone else whenever those situations do arise.
10: And, like, yeah. I think it's, again, with, like, our team, like, we're in a good enough and comfortable enough workplace where as soon as we have any of those tickets that you are talking about, um, <laughs> we can just sort of say, like, no, nah, like, If they at all make us feel like we're not doing our job properly, which we 100% know that we are and that we know what we're talking about more than they do, just because they drink beer doesn't mean they know beer, Um, then we we can deal with that as we please, such as not serving them or, you know, giving them less of a beer than we want to. We can maybe...
1: (laughs) Um, That's a great answer. I don't don't want to give away anything that might happen in our two Gabs episodes that Warren Wu appeared in, despite the fact he doesn't appear to remember that. But um, along the way there, we make a number of references to the Crack the Ceiling podcast, which is an amazing new podcast, uh, which we thoroughly, thoroughly thoroughly recommend uh, for people who are wanting to hear a much broader perspective than just blokes with beards. So uh, I'm not going to say anything more than that. Go and check it out. It's awesome.
9: Um, Sorry, David, can I just quickly say something? Um, In terms of what the girls were just saying, 100% agree with that. And I think with my um, experience with hospitality, um, yes, there are some very... um, interesting people that think that that I know better than staff in general. It doesn't matter what the gender is, but um, I think it's, it's really interesting too. When I was working in, in hospital, there's a lot of, I guess, um, people that don't generally like beer because their uh, version of beer isn't something that they like because it's like generic in terms of it's Carlton draft or it's, or it's two or whatever. And And they don't understand that there's a different side of beer. So it was really interesting, I think, to try to get them to experiment with their palate in terms of what actually beer could be or what they actually like instead of like beer as like a a heading. It's like, why don't you just have a go and see if you like something? And it, it doesn't mean because it's beer that it's a bad thing because you now like it or you, you think the flavor is good. Yeah.
4: It's, yeah. I think it's, I think it's, it's interesting to add, that, like <clears throat> it's pretty common that the person on the other side of the bar thinks that their knowledge or wants to show that their knowledge of beer is greater than the person who's actually serving the beer or has made the beer. That's, 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 that is an industry thing. I'll be honest you know um i think everyone had it in wine and now they've got it in in beer so but you all you guys all do an incredible job in at the front of the bar
7: oh
8: i've got yeah, the tear like, in my eye it's really great like
0: to beat my time of taking two hours to pour a beer. Like Gonna
5: bite my tongue. Uh, I'll
7: show you how
8: to pour one one day. Out. Don't worry.
7: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm gonna be schooled. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, while we're while we have um Freya and Joanna there, let's ask them the traditional podcast. Que- I hate calling it traditional podcast question. What's the weirdest, dirtiest, strangest, smelliest, awful? Dead or alive thing you found in a cool room or the storeroom, the dry store, or any other part of hospital hospitality. Bin. I like it when hospitality people answer this question because their answers generally are a lot better than Casey's. Like- yeah. <laughs> hey. Yeah. The old blue
11: eggs.
10: Yeah. I feel like when Carl said that his was seeing somebody covered in beer when he went down to the cool room, it's like, or to the fellow, it's like, yeah, we've all definitely seen that. But mine is like, well, I feel like I'm you haven't worked in. in... <laughs>
9: like, completely covered in me.
10: <laughs> yeah, well, but I feel like you haven't worked in hospital until you see someone doing nangs in the core cool room, surely.
8: What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yes.
1: <laughs> now, I have no idea what that means, but I do feel <laughs> like we're getting to the nub of the matter here. <laughs>
10: Anyway, passing to Joanna.
5: <laughs> and that wasn't in our call room, I must add. No,
10: that was not a Bainhead.
4: <laughs> I thought they were for just blowing up letterboxes. I, I
10: feel
0: like I don't. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of things my memory is blocking out that I've probably seen in a call room. Um, from a professional in hospitality, um, I know that uh, with call rooms have to be kept very clean. And you know, should be, yeah. Food. Yeah, they should be. Um, but to store food and stuff like that. Um, but I I'd say like some of the worst things I've seen in a core room is definitely um coming from the UK and working in a bar um that has six car scale taps, and then when you put um inexperienced people in charge of changing car scales and having to smash a peg. With a hammer into a mm. cask of beer, yeah. uh, you definitely see a few water fountains. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I've worked at a few um, bars of Cascade where the roof is just constantly dripping and it's not coming from outside. <laughs> uh, so that's look great. Um, I feel like the biggest challenge that I probably have. Um, most recently is definitely down to Carl and his constant leaving of bananas.
10: <laughs> <laughs> Yours?
0: <laughs> I don't know if that one is mine, Actually, I think it's Fred's. <laughs> There's always a banana, and it's always. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> is this one of those things that in a bar or any you've got to get your
6: nutrients? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but is this one of those ones where everyone has presumed it's Carl's banana? Yeah, Carl doesn't think it's his banana, <laughs> it's usually, so no one is moving it,
9: so it's okay. <laughs> N-
1: no one's touching the banana, is that what we're saying? Because no one thinks it's theirs?
0: Pretty much. I think when the banana gets, like, someone gets rid of the banana and within a few days there's a new banana.
2: that's actually <laughs> it's the measuring banana to make sure the kegs are the right size. <laughs>
1: <Yeah. laughs> well, i gin and tonic. Um... it's it's also the kind of thing that i've got to say now this is going to be a bit of an insight into my personality but if i was running a bar like i would just put a banana in there from time to time to see if anyone could be bothered cleaning it out (laughs) everyone just sort of wandered around going oh well we'll just watch that banana fester (laughs) in the corner it's not my problem i I have no sense of
10: ownership."
8: You and
10: Anthony
1: are on yeah. the same wavelength.
3: Yeah, well, I feel like that's something you've actually done, David. Yeah, I recognize like, so. so. Like
1: it's- no, 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 but Anthony's got a bit of Jurgen Klopp about him, so I, I know, you know. Thank you, David.
5: Yeah,
7: thank, thank you, Melbourne Councillor David, the guy who charged <laughs> like 45 bucks for a carrot at his at one of his <laughs> venues. And like, they right.
1: sold it was only up to $43 a carat, and if capitalism is so far gone that I can get away with that, then so be it.
5: <laughs> I miss Ooh, that venue.
1: <laughs> I do too. It was good.
5: It was. My waistline yeah. doesn't miss that venue, but I miss that venue.
3: Uh, someone just asked in the chat who's steering this ship, um, <laughs> so I'm going <laughs> to pretend that it's me, even though I don't have no, the hang captains. Hang on, on. One more question. One do, more do question. You?
7: I've got it. A... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Okay, go for it. So the the the, the mention of remi- casks. Oh, geez, here we go. The mention of cast reminded me of something I've been mean to ask. and mean to dig into. I was walking past Bonehead uh, a wee a wee wee while ago, and I noticed there was casks in what was next door, um, auto mechanic. Yeah, what the hell's going on there? He fixes What's barrels. What's all that about?
8: <laughs>
5: <laughs> um, always. We're, we're trying to do a uh, life version, live version of Donkey Kong, Warren. That's what we're
1: doing. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, Warren, would you've be? asked a question, that which How, uh, may not be allowed could, to be public yet.
7: Tra- so we, we, we Travis are, we are, could be like in the Donkey Kong suit and we could dress Anthony up like... Super Mario, and he could be like, oh, geez, that's awesome. it has got to be on a can. Are you, are you, ra-
5: are you racially profiling me there, Warren?
6: <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Completely <laughs> 100%. I feel like there's going to be a
7: lot of
5: Warren cut out of the podcast tonight.
6: <laughs> yeah,
7: it happens.
5: And then he'll forget that he was ever on here.
7: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we,
5: are, we are very slowly... <laughs> it was meant to happen 12 months ago moving into the factory next door so we are slowly slowly moving more and more of our equipment in there and a lot of those barrels you do see there's some of them are boneheads but a lot of them actually belong to casey and his uh his own brewery sobra Mesa.
7: Hey, did someone hey, hey, just hey. hit a name? <laughs>
4: It's a Super Mario boost. Um, <laughs> we did that. I, don't, I think we've
0: selected oh, I banana. I skidded it
1: out. Casey, we're, I'm going to throw to you in a second so you can give us a bit of a rundown about your project. But before you do that, I just want to know, um, is the panel beaters still actually running as a panel beaters? And are you trying to in, infuse some of those sort of, you know, Undercoat levels of a panel van uh, into the flavours of the sours you're brewing, or oh, you know, if
5: if only David, it's actually a mechanics workshop. It's not a really, panel van no, no.
1: so it's more so stouts. Your barrel, it's out it's minutes.
5: it's more it's more uh, exhaust fumes than uh, paint fumes.
1: Uh, Casey, what, what's the uh, what's the other project, mate? What's with all these barrels moving into Kensington, probably without a planning approval? <laughs> 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 no, no, no. The, gov- the government approved it, mate, yeah. Um,
5: <laughs> Council have not case. That's I'll, what he's I'll talking be in charge of that. <laughs> C- um, Councilman, Councilman David Griffiths is meant to approve it, though.
11: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. My partner, Hannah, and I have just started up our own, our own brewery since May last year called soboda Mesa Fermentary and Blendery, and we're doing, yeah, a bunch of Saison, kind of barrel fermented stuff but of farmhouse sales, and yeah, we've been fortunate enough to yeah, moving, moving uh, to the to the warehouse next door and occupy some of the space at the back. Um,
1: now, have you got an Instagram account or any of those sorts of things? And can you yeah, say we the do. name
11: slowly so we can find it? Because yeah, we do. So it'll it'll probably take a bit of a spelling. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, let's see how we go just, with that then. Yeah, S O B R E M E S A beer. So Mesa um, beer. Yeah, that's our Instagram. We've got a little. Little online Shopify store, if anyone wanted to to order on there, and yeah, we're slowly, slowly getting into a few bottle shops and bars around Melbourne. Uh, but There's yeah, it. that's our that's our thing. Yeah, Doing
1: What's, where, it, what's like in, can in can we store do? at the moment? Say that again. What's in store at the moment? What kinds of things can um, you enjoy So we've got we've, we've only got
11: two two beers on at the moment. We've got a. A dry hot table saison conditioned with Britanomyces, then we have a, a barrel fermented saison that's been aged on lavender and wildflower honey. Just both
4: of which are absolutely
6: amazing to yeah, cracking beers bears, absolutely delicious. Um, what's Sabramosa
7: Sabramesa means
11: So it's a it's a Spanish word, which like a direct translation means around the table, um, but it's a way we, we took like a cultural definition um, which is the time the time spent around the table after lunch or dinner where you just enjoy the company and you know you, you're still drinking after your lunch and you're chatting to people so it's like a in spain that's the the time period after you've finished lunch i think it's like the uh, the australian version of kick-ons
5: <laughs> <laughs> or sink and tens as you were saying yeah. <laughs> yeah.
11: <laughs> that's that's the meaning that's the meaning we took from it anyway
7: who's your favorite retailer plug like a shop who who can we buy who should we buy this from
11: uh probably mr west would be the, the number one for us they've been big supporters since day one um or if you're over the
1: southeast grape and grain or maybe we nice. could even put a few up in the old shopify for the cool room appreciate that
2: <laughs> we
4: can there do that is, guys if you're like in if you're into that style of beer even if you're not you know you should you should give them a try um subtle nuanced balanced beautiful beers really well crafted um yeah like case does an amazing job for us and, a, and an incredible job as a reza so
1: thank you well, I've got to say that that feels like a segue to me because when I hear subtle, nuanced, balanced, I think David Griffiths. I think it's about <laughs> my time. You're it with a your
4: plan with a, like a sledgehammer? What
1: you... <laughs> That's got, Why has that got the biggest laugh I've ever got on 84 episodes of the podcast? That's outrageous. I'm going to move us on, uh, friends, to... The fourth beer that's on our tasting list for discussion tonight, the non-fiction, the salted chocolate oatmeal stout. Um, First of all, thank you guys for, and particularly Andy, but I know there's a big crew behind it, for making this beer ready, able and deliverable for us this week. Uh, You rushed that through. Andy, um, tell us the thought process behind swapping out the Schwarz beer and chucking in this beer before we even start to talk about it. As a flavour sensation, uh,
6: that that's an absolute decision of necessity, there, David. Um, obviously, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got a text in in the middle of the day. I was, I think, out in Geelong from Anthony with um, his his usual level of detail, where he just said, "Send beers available," and then put your email address. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have said two. <laughs> yeah, you might have said two up, up in the air. So I um, shot across what we had available. You um, generously ordered one of everything um, and then decided a few hours later after some the success of everybody coming here and, and taking part in all of this that you needed two of everything. Um, and we didn't have two of the Schwartz beer. So. Um, I think we do still have some at the tap room. So, anybody in, in Victoria once the uh, lockdown ends, um, Joe will gladly pour you a delicious uh, tall beverage of our Imperial Schwarzbier, which is an absolute pleasure. Hey, you've, you've changed the way you've pronounced that three times just in this. In, well, you, is it Schwarz? Is it Schwarz? Um... I don't know. I'm just trying to sound cultured, David. So, uh, <laughs> like I said, I've only been in the industry six months. So, if you just, um, yeah, just change what you're saying depending on when you're saying it, seems to you seem to get away with it.
8: That's the ease of advertising, speaking. <laughs> there, mate. Yeah, that's, I think that's right. I mean,
6: you know,
1: if I wandered down to say the Walter and Eliza Hall Institute and wandered around there just randomly mispronouncing malaria for a rock do you reckon I'd get a job? You know, go, oh, he knows how to say malaria. <laughs>
6: Well, I, think uh, uh, I I was going to jump in on the, on the conversation between the porter and the difference between a porter and the stout. I held my tongue, but as an advertising man, I'd probably say the main difference is, is what the brewery decides to put on the can. Absolutely, um, man. I was going <laughs> to that
4: same thing. I was going to throw to you and Clint and be like, this is the first time that a brewery decided that they'll just change the name or something because stouts, stouts are porters. Uh, they started off as porters. And one day someone said, let's just call this a stout. They put on a tin and that was the end of it. Wow,
1: well, that's ruined some of the mystique and majesty, but I'm sure <laughs> Travis can cut that out. Or well, there goes all that
9: research, Casey. It's gone. <laughs> uh, where, what,
1: what
4: you guys delivered is kind of, I reckon, like the modern marketing inter- interpretation of it. Their stouts are typically more roasty and porters are a little bit, you know, less bitter with a, a bit more of a, a body and mouth filter
1: to Well, before Travis entirely kills, you know, the mystique around these styles that he's spent five or six years now establishing in, in Kensington, um, who wants to have a crack at describing the flavours in, in this beer, in, in the non-fiction? Don't all speak at once because dead air oh. is the thing that our listeners tune in for. They
9: all right, right. so I mean,
1: the tongue away
4: for me to speak, and it's not fair. Go on, Carl.
9: Oh, okay. Well, all I was going to say is like I think this this like as Trav was mentioning earlier about the fat dog, and and we originally had a a beer um, that was also kind of a seasonal kind of idea that was very much um, uh, a beer that Anthony really loved. Um, it was called a shin and that was originally a um, peppercorn and saltbush uh, stout. It was supposed to be like a, a more of a sessionable kind of more savoury style stout. Um, and we've made it, I think, the last two years. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Trav, but um, this one, we've kind of stepped away from the peppercorn a bit, um, and originally that was like a homage to like Kensington, and if you want a description of that come into the brew house. But um, but more or less with this beer, we've kind of tried to like play and, and kind of um, and marry up the flavours a bit uh, better. Um, so so obviously the salt has been very prominent still in this one. Um, it's still not really, there's a lot of sweeter stouts out there, a lot of pastry stouts. And yeah, we still make them occasionally from time to time. We've got one in the tank right now, but um but this one was supposed to be more of a a a drier kind of say wrist out yes but it's still going to have that chocolatey flavor that we wanted but it's not like a really sweet chocolate if like i think when i taste it it's well i'm just speaking for myself but when i taste it it's kind of like a like a darker kind of more bitter chocolate rather than like a milky light chocolate and then you kind of get that salty kind of flavour coming through as well. So it, it's it's a different kind of take on, I think, a lot of people's version of a um, just, I guess, a really chocolate kind of driven beer, which is usually on the sweeter side. This is more savoury, kind of drier, and it's got a bit more bitterness kind of driven in there as well. Um, I think this rendition is done pretty well. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens next year.
1: Can I just ask, as I taste this, often when something's described as an oatmeal stout or an oatmeal, any kind of beer, to be honest, the oatmeal is really prominent. I'm only really just sort of getting hints of that at the end, maybe that sort of little bit of dryness, dustiness. How, can you explain what oatmeal adds to a beer again? Imagine talking to someone who's never had a beer with oatmeal in it before. Sort of what can, what would people be getting out of this beer that makes it oatmeal beer?
11: Yes, yeah, so I, I can take that one. We um, so we use we use thirty percent oats in the malt bill, which is which is pretty substantial for you know a, a stout. So it usually oats give a lot of body. Um, because not all the not all the sugars are fermentable in in the flake product that we use. So yeah, we use a lot of flake goats to give a bit of body. Like you say, David, it gives it a bit of a dusty kind of character. Um, yeah, and in this in this example particularly, it helps. Even though this this beer uh, finishes quite dry, I feel like it still gives quite a creamy quite a creaminess. I feel like if the if the salt wasn't there, it would be a lot creamier and a lot full, but by putting sea salt in the boil. Um, yeah, it makes it moorish. It gives it something a little bit different, and I feel like the the kind of saline, saline character really, yeah, makes it moorish. We were going for a 5.5% stout, I think. You know, the, the market's flooded with 12% stouts,
1: and sometimes you just want to enjoy a dark beer and have a couple and not fall off your seat. It's a very subtle beer in, in the best way. It's It's fantastic. Um, this is the bit where we're going to ask Anthony and Trav to sort of block their ears for a moment. Anyone who's involved in the brewing team, it's a big brewing team that we've got here with us tonight. What's the beer that you'd love to make, that the guys just keep on saying there's no way that we could make that stack up economically. When you guys walk into the room and you want to import, you know, Canadian beaver pelts or something, I don't know, whatever it might be that you want to, do things with. Is there? A I mean, I think David.
9: Um, I, know, I know where Carl's what? going already. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Anthony, I mean, I
1: Anthony, you're in a block. Yeah, take no, your take know. your headphones sorry, off, mate.
9: Sorry, I thought you were on mute. Uh, you had your headphones off, mate. Sorry, sorry about that. Um, no, I, I think in terms of like beer styles, nothing as exciting as what you were saying there, David, with um, beaver cults, etc. Um, <laughs> I think um, a lot of us are just like excited to try. A style of beer that that we haven't made before and i think everyone knows that there's so many different beer styles out there and um for example um phrase probably the most recent oh she is the most recent um new player on, in our team and uh if you ask her about her new ipa that she's just made it is the best ever and the thing is, it's, it's great because we can all kind of have that contribution, but in terms of the darker kind of styles and things like that, I mean, personally, I've kind of been gunning for an ESB, but I know mm. in, a, in a kind of sales kind of thing that sometimes it's hard to get across the line, so I get it. But it's, it's a beer that in this kind of like, – I mean, <clears throat> for those that are in Melbourne – the weather that we've had over the last four or five days has been magical, which is ridiculous because it's technically winter now, right? But it, it when it's colder, I mean, I love to have an ESB. It's, but, a,
1: it's a it's a great call. It's one of my favourite styles of beer, um, yeah. unquestionably. Um, while it's on my mind, um, Freya, yeah. you, you've made an, <laughs> uh, you've made an IPA lately. Yeah, I've made an IPA. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you tell us about that I, I hear people are a bit iffy about it but you know how do you feel yeah. about it yourself
10: well I've just I don't know about other people that work in the industry but when I've got anything to do
1: with- oh no don't tell oh, me oh, yes. oh, We've oh, oh. <laughs>
4: thank god it didn't stall like that that would have been disastrous
1: oh no I feel with so bad
10: brewing, with the brewing process but, Oh hang
8: on
1: we heard none of that we heard none of that you literally froze Julie. oh really yeah absolutely so
10: oh, okay do you want me to repeat it yep. yeah just
1: yep. just imagine i've asked you a question about about brewing a beer and tell us that story
10: <laughs> okay so the guys pretty much asked us all to come up with ideas of what we'd like to brew and all I know is that lately I'm kind of over hazy's. I don't know about everybody else, but you know, I don't want to have an eight percent hazy IPA every day of the week. I'd like one of my more traditional IPAs, a bright IPA with traditional flavors and color, and that's kind of what we went with. And thus, we ended with the best IPA ever.
8: <laughs> well, did you
1: take? Did
10: That's you take inspiration from anywhere in
1: particular or? Say that again, sorry. Was there any, like, what beers or what IPAs did you take inspiration from or is it just all your own work? Did you just.
10: I mean, I'd like to say it was all my own. Yes, it was all me. <laughs> um, I was the first one to come up with an IPA, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we were sort of leaning towards West Coast ideas, so Sierra. Sierra Nevada, that kind of thing, and like more of that traditional style, sort of like the piney West Coast hops that we wanted, and yeah, we all kind of put some ideas together, put our heads together, and came up with a hop and malt profile that would work. And yeah, hopefully it ends up good <laughs> because otherwise it would be very poorly marketed on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I am sure it will. We up. did want to call the we did want to call the beer Freya, and we're currently in a yeah, legal dispute well. with uh, yeah, the Free well. Ravens about stealing her name.
4: I'm sure there's... I, I some... a conversation with the band Travis.
1: So I don't know about you, Bristol, but it didn't bloody go anywhere. Yes. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the good people of the Flemkin Legal Service have just got some funding from the City of Melbourne, so I really highly encourage you to go and see them. I've got a couple of questions which have been submitted via social media, and then I've got a couple that people are typing in the room. Uh, if everyone in the room is willing to bear with me, I'm going to ask them on their behalves. We've probably got room for a couple more if people want to type a question in. Um, But first of all, a question that I'm going to ask from my own heart. Uh, As we've been opening some of these beers tonight, I noticed that some of the cans are a bit overfilled. Um, (laughs) Still? I thought we fixed that. (laughs) Well, that's almost my point, brother, is that (laughs) last time 14 months ago that we were getting together. Oh, they were a lot worse.
10: (laughs) Surely you'd rather over than under.
1: No, yeah. no, we, no, we agree. This we we basically <laughs> spent an hour on this on the last time Bonehead was on the podcast about how you dial in a can filling machine. Um, does someone who's not Anthony or Travis want to explain how the uh, can filling machine is going down at Bonehead and um, why our cans are still overfilled in the most glorious way? I will. Admit. Um, I mean, I'm. I'm all
9: happy all to no one from Task
4: is be- on this line, so
9: go your hardest.
4: All okay.
9: units all I'm,
1: units I'm, I'm weights and measurements. It, Casey, do you want to say anything? Um Casey's pretty chill about it, I reckon. <laughs>
9: He's no, chill about no, most we've, things,
11: mate. We've been no, we've been dialing in our counting process pretty rigorously over <laughs> since I've been there. And I'm sure they were doing that prior. We've been trying to improve our process. So I guess if they're if they're still over full from your perspective, maybe you know, we need to upgrade our scale a little bit. I mean, I don't think, I don't think from a from a foaming perspective or a fill height, you know, our cans are off point. So, um, you know, maybe maybe we are just given given a bit too much to the consumer. But um, I don't know. We'll we'll have to we'll have to revisit that if if that's still an existing issue. From your I think
1: perspective. i probably speak for all consumers that every time from now on that I open a can that I think is overfilled. I'm not gonna drink it. I'm just gonna leave it and then bring it back down to the brewery one day and go,
9: <laughs> overfilled.
1: I can't possibly have a crack at drinking that beer. I don't
9: believe you at all, David. I will kind of expand on that a little bit. Um, I think that, um, I think from what we've been told that in terms of um, best practice that we obviously don't wanna cheat the customer at all. So um, when it comes to trying to fill um, product, we don't want to then rob them of what they're actually buying because it says how many mils are supposed to be in the the product that they're buying. And we don't want to like um, not have that to be true. So we use that as like a weight scale in a comparison to the weight of the can. Obviously some beers, depending on the beers, weigh more than others. And yeah, I can, I can see that some cans may be higher than others because of that alcohol content or how heavy the liquid actually is versus the liquid capacity of that can. But I think in general, our consensus is that we try to hit a pretty, um, pretty reasonable margin when it comes to not underfilling it at all, but also not trying to play the dice. Cause if you overfill like 10 cans by 10 mils or, or so, or 20 or 30 mils, maybe, maybe that's extreme, but, But or you either do that or you underfill two cans. The liquid you're losing in the underfills is suddenly not how much you're overfilling. So it's better for us to be a little bit over than too much under because we don't want to cheat the customers in that way. Absolutely. Uh,
1: That's a magnificent answer. I'm sure that's exactly what Travis and Anthony would like you to Mm -hmm. say. Uh, Exactly.
8: Mm, so it,
1: like it's it's bang on it's something that we wish that we could get right
4: but it's with all with all the things that you've got to fix in a brewery uh, as young as ours it's, it's not it's not a big one like we kind of say um if we've got a the canning process if when you're canning temperature is key and if, if you've got to stop the canning line then the lines come up they get too hot and that creates more of a problem so you, you've kind of just got to let it run. So, unless it's a significant problem, like people aren't getting, like we've got a lot of underfills that are too low, we won't stop it. We just keep it going. So, the truth is, we've got a low tolerance. So, if a can's too light, it, it will end up in a bucket and we'll end up drinking at a barbecue. Um, but if it's too high, provided that there's still foam that we can cap on and the beer is sound, we'll, we'll let it go through. And that's just a bonus for the customer.
5: And, and I will say, uh, we we certainly have fine-tuned the machine since our last podcast, oh, as uh, Carl can attest to, because Carl, unfortunately, is the technician on that side that has to do it all the time. Um, and, and we've certainly dialed it in. We've got a lot more consistency these days. We're getting a lot less underfills. Like, we used to get nine cases of underfills, and everyone was happy. Now we're lucky to, and I'm speaking to you, Stephen Duffy, if you're still on the line. Um, now we're lucky to get a case of underfills every run, which is – Really amazing for this for the machine that we are using, and I think as far as getting an absolutely perfect
9: to the level, I just don't think it's achievable with the machine we have. To be quite honest, and I think also to expand on that again, Anthony, you're right. Like we have definitely increased the efficiency of our machine, um, and I agree again that I'm missing those cases of empty beers. Um from my home. However, um, for this beer that we're drinking right now, I think Casey and I were looking today, and I think there's one case of I think it was 90 cases that were under. So that's 16 cans of beers that were not at the level that we require versus everything that was over it. Where in the past, like Anthony was saying, there was nine cases and minimum, like maybe, maybe minimum, depending on the beer, and that's carb, Anthony. Um, you know, we're saying about the style of beer as well. Um, dark beer is a little bit more forgiving. Um, travel saying about the temperature, that's true. Um, all these things kind of play into it and it, we've figured it kind of all out over time. And I think um, with darker beers like this one, we've we've learned to kind of um, the ebb and flow of the whole unit and the machine and we've, we've learned to kind of um, it definitely identify what is the problem so we can become more efficient. So these guys don't have to waste as much money, but unfortunately for the brewers, that means less beer to drink at home. So, <laughs> it's me- a
1: huge thing because it's, you know, we're obviously all one big happy craft beer drinking family, Yeah, but there are people who need to make money out of this at the end of the day. You guys yeah. don't get paid if the brewery doesn't make money and you know, having systems that run well is is vitally important. As you know, someone who's done the small business end of things, it's um it's what keeps you awake in the middle of the night, isn't that? Right, <clears> or <throat> Anthony. I, I haven't slept
5: up. in four years.
4: Yeah, um, and we still
1: we still drink more
4: beer out of the taps than we waste in overfilled cans, so it's not not a huge. <laughs> problem. Now, uh, got... Yeah. Sorry,
11: mate. Um, yeah, and I, and I feel, you know, when, when we are canning um, in terms of a waste perspective on the, on the dials of the machine, you know, there's a, there's a point where we can, where we can fill to a certain height and risk getting, like Carl was saying, risk getting like five or six cases of underfills through the course of an eight hour day, or we can overfill slightly, um, you know, on certain amount of cans, you know, um, and get to a crossroad and go through the entire day, um, and get a case out of 900 cans. So, I think, and to expand on what Trav was saying, you know, we keep the machine going. You know, we're always we're always trying to dial it in. But if the if the problem that we're having now is giving the consumer a little bit more than expected, and maybe undercutting ourselves slightly, then I think that's that's not a not an entirely bad issue from our perspective at the moment, but we can
1: always improve. I really didn't think that that was going to extend into the piece that it was, but I think genuinely it's a. a Last well, time we just said, give it up, be happy you've got overfilled beers. <laughs> and this I, is what,
7: but I, like I, think that had... I was hoping for that answer again. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. That was a fine answer.
1: No, but I think what you see is is how hard uh, all of your team are willing to work for you guys. You guys don't really give a stuff, Anthony, Travis, but everyone else in the team is out there trying to make everything perfect for you, which yeah. is exactly Let's the you lucky they've one.
10: got us. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> exactly, all right.
1: exactly right. I've got one more question. This is one that was asked on Instagram yesterday. Please follow our Instagram and Facebook so that you can ask questions ahead of time. Um this is a question that's again absolutely not for Anthony and Travis. Um, because I think you guys know most of the characters that are represented on the core range Ooh. cans. Um, but for the rest of the team, when you leaving aside if you know the people who are represented on the cans or not, when you look at them, which people do you of those cans do you want to have a beer with? Someone on Instagram asked.
10: Definitely Is working. it
1: one of those cans you want to sit around and have a beer with? Say again, Freya, I spoke over
10: Definitely that, revered. Why is that? Because he's hot. Freya.
1: No. Freya. Now, is this something you've spoken about previously? No, or... oh, okay. so it's just like
10: an interesting thing. not the very I'm Sorry, that's <laughs> what I meant. Freya, did no, you, you realise the look
6: look like
1: like revered Kean
8: looks like <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the
0: Martin character. What was that? That has to be that one. Sorry?
9: Martin, did you say? Uh-huh. That dog. Yeah.
1: The that's dog. A, the dog, yeah. I think that's a pretty good answer. I'm just worried that Freya's answer was a bloke who didn't do <laughs> his tie up properly and he's, you know.
9: <laughs> I mean, for David, I think for me, mate, the, the number one beer that stood out to me um, when I was really getting introduced to Bonehead and I got introduced to it last year was, was the Dad's Quarter. And it's still one of my favourite beers that we make. And, I I really enjoy it. Um I think that it's it's absolutely delicious. It's a delicious um, beer,
1: mate. But would you like to have a drink with a bloke with the crown like that on his head? That's the real oh, question. It
9: doesn't it doesn't have any other texts on the crown anymore, which is nice. But I mean he looks like a dude with a beard and I'm a guy with a beard, so we like dark beards <laughs> and that's fine. We'll we'll just we'll sit down around a campfire and probably not say much, and look into the fire and have a beer. Casey, Casey, my guess is going to be that you're pretty
1: chill with just having a beer with anyone who happens to be... No, 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 I've got a favourite, mate. Yeah. Oh, right, hang on. Casey's going hard-hitting.
11: Well, yeah, I I steer into... You know, know,
6: I spend that much time with her, I would quite enjoy having a beer with her. Casey and I are both Kiwis as well, so I think... There's a bit of uh, sympathy sympathy drinking going on and we wouldn't mind heading back and getting a cuddle from the real <laughs> my case. Yeah, bro. <laughs> so um I could been... I could ask a lot more questions
1: and explore the whole lot, but I'd much rather <laughs> leave leave those questions dangling out there for your fourth return to the podcast that will happen. Um we've got at least 3 questions from the room. Uh Jacob I'm going to throw to you first and which means I've got to figure out How to unmute you, which is why I'm talking uh, while I do that. Jacob, you should be able to ask your question, brother. Please fire away.
6: Uh, I was just uh, one of my favourites with um, Bonehead is the uh, the Get Your Ass to Mars uh, Red IPA, the double. I was just wondering, you know, when's that coming back, and you know, what were some of the thoughts behind that one? In the you know, when you first brought it out, I know it's been around for a little while, but um, anything you want to say on that topic? It's one of my favorites. Um, be yeah, very interested.
5: I'll field this one, uh, that 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 is certainly probably uh, What about for me, the top three beers I think we've released of all time. I i love that beer, the whole concept, I love big uh, total recall fan, it's the artwork on there. Um, but that that style of beer, the the red IPA is certainly. Probably, probably one of my favourite styles of beer. Uh, good news is we're not bringing that particular beer back just yet. It may come back uh, down the track, but our next pop culture release um, will be another Red IPA, which I'm not sure whether we're going to reveal just now. Oh, oh, be a, double?
7: a bit of a hint. Is it a double or not a double? No, nah, si-
5: single, single, just a single IPA, Red IPA. Um, okay, I'll reveal it. Why not? Come on, uh, no,
1: one's, no one's listening. It's kind of left.
5: The, Trav's walked off and left the room, so he's not going to say anything anyway. Um, so some of you might remember our first pop culture beer last year was the Hulk Smash IPA. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we've brought it back as the Red Hulk Smash this year.
8: He's evolved
3: perfect. He has evolved. <laughs> Are you going to release a t shirt? Yeah, does it get a t-shirt?
1: That's
5: I don't know. I'm not I'm not gonna answer that one. <laughs> maybe, maybe. If there's enough pre-orders for t-shirts, we'll do a t-shirt. How's that sound?
1: From up in the helicopter, can you not see whether someone's printing you know t-shirts? The weather's quite
5: fine from up here, David.
7: <laughs> <laughs> I believe there's the She-Hulk TV series in the um, offing soon as well.
5: She-Hulk, that's next yes. year's release. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's when Freya makes her second best
1: IPA ever. (laughs) I'm going to keep things moving along. I'm going to unmute. A
4: quick question to the audience, which is like, do you want bespoke t-shirts with bespoke beers? Because we're happy to release them again. We just didn't think it was a thing.
3: Am I correct in thinking you only released a t-shirt for Hulk?
4: Hulk. No, nah, we did one. We did a, a t-shirt for Triceratops as well, and then we moved to glassware, uh, and then we stopped doing it all together. But like, we're super happy to do limited release t-shirts with beers if 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 the punters want them. Otherwise, we won't. We won't can you do?
3: Can you do? Because you know, just because we're all beer drinkers, and I think this was a question on our uh, on our Gabs uh, bingo card. Um, can you do them in black? Because white t-shirt.
5: Yes, Travis, can we do them in black? Fuck you, Anthony. <laughs>
4: <laughs> we do. Uh, we, do p-
5: yes, <laughs> yeah. we do t-shirts in all manner of colours. It's uh, past 8.30pm. Yes, you're allowed to say that.
4: We do t-shirts in all manner of colours. Yes, we can do them in black. Um, the Tricerahops one was in black. Yes, it was.
1: The yeah. Hulk one was in red as well, wasn't it?
5: No, white. No,
1: white.
4: Just
5: white, just white, yeah. Yep. That's I don't wear white t-shirts because I am likely to spill soy sauce on a white t-shirt, even when I'm not eating dim sum. didn't
7: come get... up with a perla
5: Hulk and uh, Hulk undies. Hulk,
4: Hulk undies.
1: That's yeah. all
4: Matt and Kensington. Don't stock undies.
1: I've um <laughs> I've unmuted Shannon, <laughs> Shannon brother. Great to have you on board tonight. Uh, Thank you very you gotta, much, David. Please. Let's stop talking undies. Let's get back to talking <laughs> hand
8: pumps. Hand pumps, yeah. So the, the discussion in the chat group was about ESP and a you know, great style of beer it is. Um, and unfortunately, most most breweries can make one, but uh, they're very they're a very hard sell. But on on saying that, does Bonehead have a hand pump at the brewery?
9: Well, oh, we good. do def- definitely have a hand pump. Available, but we need to actually get one um, that we technically own right now because we're kind of borrowing one. Um, in terms of hand pump as a style with ASB, with the, that that kind of style of beer, I think is in a similar kind of realm to nitro because it's not in the same spectrum as as carbonated and it's not the same. Can I, um, can I,
8: I stop you there? I'm, yep. I'm glad I'm glad Crofty left when you said nitro. <laughs> okay. He's not a nitro fan. Oh, that's a pity. I <laughs> know. Oh, <laughs> How good's Guinness? It's great. I oh, know. I oh, know. Um, and then there was a bit of a chat there about the 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 staling of beer in a um in a cask. Um, have you guys looked into to serving them from, from keg? Um rather than what is that is that a
1: scanner I don't know but I've, I've muted my. I've just muted you there Travis sorry mate because uh, so I should say Shannon there was some weird noise coming through at the end but far away to answering the question boys
5: uh, def- definitely we looked at all different ways of serving uh, hand pump beer I mean traditionally yeah it's out of a cast you can do it out of a keg it's kind of a cheats way to do it I suppose um, but we are uh, definitely going to look at it further if and when we do an ESB or something similar. So watch this space.
6: Something I'm definitely pushing for. I found a little customer um, up north who has, I think, five um, out of eight taps, which are hand pumps, um, and they are very willing and open to have bonehead um, pulling through on those. So, Can you say
1: who the little customer up north with five hand pumps is? Yeah, wow. Uh, That's amazing.
6: The Northern Git, a little sort of just down the road from Carowindsellers, so restaurant does some pretty good food as well. Um, But yeah, they they currently have five hand pumps serviced by another brewery, and I'm trying to sneak us in there and and grab a couple of those.
1: (laughs) Shout out to the other brewery if they're on (laughs) the phone. And (laughs) we, I think we've got we've got one last question left in the Zoom room. Uh, Mugs, are you still with us? I can't. It's yeah, I'm still here. Far away, brother, with your question, and then we're going to move to um to wrapping things up. Oh yeah, well, my, my question, it sort of came to head to my head when um Brooksy
2: rocked up, um because I know that old wives um had a, an issue with. Fruit beers, where the um, alcohol percentage may have changed in can. Mm. Um, more, more specifically, you know, like, have you have you ever had problems like that? And how do you actually keep track of, you know, your actual um, alcohol percentage, you know, as, as per label? Well,
11: we obviously we track the fermentation throughout in terms of the you know the density of the the liquid. Once we, you know, we have, a, we have a measurement of the fruit that comes in, in terms of what the density is. And then once we add it, we're checking it and, you know, we're, we're aware of how many points it increases during that process and aware of the water content. So most of the time, you know, the water content's over 85%. So the ABV increase is negligible. Um, sometimes it's not and we've adjusted to that accordingly throughout the fermentation process and then all our all our beers get ample time and tank to ferment out I mean we're not we're not putting unfermented sugar into a can
2: uh, and, like, do you have any sort of lab set up there on site or are you taking elsewhere or no
11: nah, we've, we've got a we've got a small humble humble lab set you know we've got we've got what we need in terms of we can't test, we can't test alcohol, but um, yeah. we've got, we've got ample equipment to test pH and gravity.
4: And, and
11: we can. Um, <clears throat> the,
7: guy,
4: the guy's got enough to do a, a force ferment if need be. So, you know, it, it's as simple as a, a small esky in a heat mat, you know, on, on the simplest scale that we can, if we're, if we're concerned, we can throw a beer in, in, in a, in a flask and see if the gravity changes once raised up to, you know, plus 20 degrees. Sorry to jump in, case.
11: No, you're right. And like, like Trav was saying, we, before, before we crash anything, we purposely heat it up to check that if anything is going to market, there would be any re-fermentation or mostly for that, for that case is diacetyl. But um, yeah, we're, we're, def- we're definitely, we're definitely here on the side of caution with any fruit additions and we haven't had any issues yet
5: especially when it comes to products we've never used before. Uh, late last year, we switched over to a certain style of yeast and we were it was a very new yeast on the market and the manufacturer actually said to us they would recommend doing forced fermentation. So we tried it on the first three or four batches we did with that beer to make sure it didn't stall and we thought it was finished. We, we could give it a bit of a kick along in that controlled environment to make sure it wasn't going to explode in the can if it re-fermented. Yeah. It's a...
4: From, from a sales, like from a, a marketing and like general business perspective, it's really hard to be, um, you've either, you've either got to push to the market or you've got to pull from the market in terms of when stuff's got to go. And for us, we've always aired on the side of the beer's got to be right before it gets in the can. Um, cause that'll, that'll do us more damage than releasing a beer later. So we, we always err on the side of caution with that stuff.
3: And with that guys, um, um, we're going to start wrapping things up here. But before we do, um, Bonehead team, do you want you guys want to give us a uh, bit of a rundown on your socials and where
6: everyone can find you again?
11: That'd have to be Andy, wouldn't it? That's
6: Andy. Um, yeah, we're on Instagram, um, at uh, which is Bonehead Brewing AU, and as well on Facebook. And I think, again, that is Bonehead Brewing... Um, yeah, just Bonehead Brewing on Facebook. Give us a like, comment. It'll either be me or uh, Travis sending you some shuckers and calling us all boneheads. Yes.
5: <laughs> and I believe we've got a Twitter. We've got a Twitter handle that about four people follow us on as well. If anyone uses that, yeah.
3: Well, but, there's about is... there's about forty people in the room tonight. So everyone get on Twitter and yeah. uh, check out Bonehead on <laughs> that, Twitter. That, that and... is
5: literally just at Bonehead Brewing
3: perfect um guys we uh like i said we're going to wrap things up this is the biggest group we've had in from one brewery uh in all the virtual meet the brewers we've done to date i think it went okay um i think i've got an editing job up my sleeve uh, but oh, before yeah. we go any further don't forget guys to check out the shopify store the gypsy hill pack is still available for our little sunday session this coming Sunday on the sixth of June, uh, and then next week we've got Nomad back on, uh, and packs are available for that. And the twenty f- fourth of June we have Slow Lane on, um, so there's a few little goodies coming up, uh, which is good. You can check out the links on our socials. Um, Warren, thank you. Thank Trav, uh, Clint, thank you.
7: Much thanks for having me.
3: No worries, and uh, to the entire Bonehead team, um, Travis, Anthony, and your entire gang, uh, you've been amazing. Thanks,
4: Thanks guys. for joining us. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. I, for having us, you're like our, you're our favorite podcast. We we love being on yours. Cheers.
3: You're welcome back anytime, guys.
4: Cheers. <laughs>